0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hello, Charlie. And good morning, Franklin. Yeah,
1: how's, uh, how's everybody in your family?
0: Oh, everybody in my
2: family's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Huh? Uh, I will just share with you, remember the, the, the adopted stray feral cat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who has just been purring ever since he arrived at the new home. Uh-huh. He's, you know, give him an inch and they take a mile. Yeah. So we have a king-size bed and we have a cat <laughs> that can almost fill that king-size bed. He sprawls right across. <laughs> (laughs) So, Elliot's on one edge, I'm on the other edge, and this monster cat is right in the middle.
1: (laughs) Oh, jeez. Well, I'll tell you, we're in the middle of a fun uh, show today, the garden show.
2: We're not in the middle yet. We just started. No, I know.
1: Okay. Well, I think. (laughs) Oh, gosh, don't throw me. I'm looking at a bottle in front of me. I know. uh, And this bottle was given. To me Mm -hmm. by Siva, one of our lovely listeners, listeners, uh, during the Zimmer show. And for now several weeks, we have (laughs) forgotten to bring a corkscrew in. Mm -hmm. I remembered, brought one in this morning. You're the best. So we're going to open this up and pour a glass or two and have, it's, it's cider. Made
2: by Siva. Yes. Yeah. With her this year's crop of apples. Crop I guess. Of, yeah. I guess. Well, because yeah. remember, Siva sent us all the um yeah. squashes that she had grown. That's right. The gourds, etc. Well, while you're, while I'm pouring, glugging you can, that uh, yeah. in, <laughs> pouring that in. No. Uh, you're, you're very, very. <laughs> <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I can hear that. That sounds great. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting thirsty. Mm. Okay. So a couple things. Uh, remember today. Our friend, Sean James, is speaking at Carson's Garden and Market in Hilliard. So that's in my neck of the woods there in mm-hmm. Prince Edward County. Uh, Carson's Garden and Market is located at 1317 Wilson Road, just uh, two o'clock today. And I will be having our usual cider and brunch with you and then <laughs> right. getting in my Learjet, <clears throat> excuse me, heading, heading east because I want to catch Sean. I promised to go and heckle him. So I'm, I want to get <laughs> there to do that. Oh, lucky him. Uh. Exactly, exactly. And um, something else that's going on today. It's the 39th annual Toronto East York Rotary online auction. Mm-hmm. So my brother's involved in this has been forever. He is the president of the East York Rotary. And I just wanted to share with anybody, it streams live today, starting at 10am, right through to midnight. And it's very cool because there's so many, it's all donated. So it's great tickets to hockey games and Raptors games. It's, um, jerseys signed this and that, but great gifts for gardeners too. There's gift certificates from some of the, the great garden centers. There's tools. Um, and it's an online auction. So where
1: where do you tune in?
2: Well, all you do is view it on, well, yeah, just go online at Rotary Online. So just one word, Rotary Online dot auction. Oh, and you'll be in and then you can see what's coming, like what they've got out there. And, you know, learn more about what's out there. And <clears throat> like my brother Gordon said, it's 100% of all the money that's raised benefits community projects. Well,
1: the Rotarians are just so famous for doing wonderful work. Well, it's
2: all the administration, yep. all the people doing this, all the running of it, the mm-hmm. getting the the uh, donations, all volunteer. Oh, So great. there's no... Uh, no fees at all, and you won't pay HST a few oh. anything you purchase. Oh, that's cool. so just a, a cool idea for you know. You've got gardeners on your list, or anybody on your list, might be a good spot to find something. Right,
1: right. now, before we reach for the glasses, which but, I'm going to ask you but, to I, do, I want
2: to reach for my glasses. Oh, oh you reach for a
1: glass. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't given our phone numbers yet, which oh. is why there's not a darn call on well, the board. So we could just
2: talk. Okay, so yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. So if you uh, have ever said. I'd love to call Charlie. Today, right now, would be a marvelous time to call this number. If you're in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And we shall take a little bit of a break. But before we do, Clink. let's have a, yeah, here we go. To Siva, thank you. To Siva, thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: hmm
3: best way to Black Friday better is to Black Friday sooner during our Orange Friday sale. With so many vacation deals, we had to start our sale early. Save up to 35% on all-inclusive winter vacations. Plan to vacation better with our best price guarantee at top-rated resorts with award-winning service every step of the way. Book now with your travel agent or...
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zuma Radio.
1: Uh, both Charlie and I have noted that uh, this stuff has a kick to it.
2: <laughs> mm. This is it, beautiful cider. Yeah. Though. Look how clear it is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Siva, call us. Tell yeah. us how you made this.
1: Exactly. What kind of a press did you use in, in order to come up with this lovely uh, cider? Here? Well, you know when mm. you
2: drink apple cider that yeah. you pick up at your apple orchard, it's yeah, all yeah. cloudy and it's got yeah. all that particles. This is, particles. This is beautiful. And it. it's beautiful. beautiful, nice tasting. Not too sweet. Yeah, we're going to be pretty quick. anyway, That was really good.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know, we have a a caller online from Etobicoke who is a first-time caller. Yes. Just a second. There you go. That's for Cheryl. Good morning, Cheryl.
4: Good morning. How are you today?
1: uh, Half drunk. Uh, No, I'm fine. Thank
2: you. Welcome to the show.
4: (laughs) Thank you. So, Charlie, a few weeks ago, right at the tail end of your show, somebody called in about turning a green poinsettia red. Yes, and I happen to have one mm-hmm. like that a mm-hmm. green one mm-hmm. so I jumped on it and I've been putting it in the dark and bringing it in and out and it's actually working mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as it so should I, I've got five main stalks and about almost three leaves on each stalk are turning red nice and I guess what I want to know is will will the little you know the little seed things that grow in the middle mm-hmm. will they come out in the second okay. time around. So or?
2: those little seed things are actually the flowers. Yeah. So those colored, the red are actually leaves that are turning red. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and then when they turn the color like that, they're called bracts. So B-R-A-C-T-S. So leaves turn colors called bracts. In the center, you're going to get little, little tiny flowers. And they, they actually, when the, when the flowers open, they look like miniature pom-poms because they've got little pollen, little reproductive yeah. organs. So will you get those? Uh, you should. You should just by giving it this treatment, uh, yep. temperature, time of year, eventually, yeah, at the very terminal buds at the tip. So, of course, no pruning, no none of that going on right now. But keep up the good work. It's at least a 12 week process to get it to your maximum coloration. Well, I've got right till Christmas. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> good um, stuff. I wanted
4: to ask about the first. So I fertilized it yeah. um, with 15, 30,
2: 15. Mm-hmm. Is
4: that appropriate? And would I do it every couple of weeks, or was
2: one time enough, do you think? Uh, at this time of year, okay, remember the way it works. We, f- we fertilize plants that are actively growing. So yeah. this plant of yours is, well, you could tell better than me whether it's actively growing, whether you're seeing new growth on the tips. If you are, then I would fertilize once a month with okay. your 15-30-15. Uh, if, if it's basically static, you're seeing some change in color, but you're not seeing a lot of new growth, then mm-hmm. I would hold off on the fertilizer. Okay. <clears> okay. Great. <throat> okay. Thanks for right, joining, thanks us, Cheryl. Thanks for calling, yeah. and good to hear that it's working. <laughs> and
1: and you know we've got a beautiful day on the way here too, it nice is and clear. A little on the chilly side, but
2: beautiful, crystal we're clear, almost blue. into The
1: month of uh, December, for gosh But you
2: there. know what? This is a good yeah. weekend. This is the weekend for, to get well put up your christmas lights or whatever yep. kind of decor but also get your rake out get those leaves oh, off the lawn that geez. fell when the snow happened you know leaves in the garden fine yep. leaves on the lawn not fine so do that if you can cuz this weekend is great
1: putting up the christmas tree uh Shirley got the <laughs> I know got what you're the say. there. oh yeah <laughs> and we're trying to get the lights uh to work <laughs> i was just about ready to I know my that.
2: That's not the kind of thing you're very oh, good at. No, you're good I, at a lot of things, but, but I know no, I don't
1: have any patience. No, I was Going to, you know, utter a <laughs> string of invectives, and, and suddenly, uh, and Shirley said, "No, well, let's try this." And Bing, all the lights go on. There you go. She's good at oh, it. <laughs> great. Let's pour a drink. <laughs> hey, Majma in Brampton. Welcome to the show. Good morning.
5: Good morning. How are you? Thanks good. for taking my call.
1: Morning. I've
5: been meaning to call you for at least three weeks, but haven't had a chance. Thank you for the number, because I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped on it went as soon as you said. Um, cool. Today is like a beautiful day, and I've got somebody like, to do the pruning. I have a huge lilac bush. I have two that are really high. Mm-hmm. Like They're about three feet above at least my um, the height of my fence in the backyard. All right. And I've been meaning, you know, I, I think it needs a good prune, because it's just way too high. It does bloom only for... It's like an early bloomer as far as the lilacs, where they right. get those beautiful blooms, and then they go like two weeks. Yeah, but at the bottom, there's nothing. Yeah, naked. it's like just dry. It Looks like dead little trim, you know, branches. But there's some thick branches, like the main branches, and then there's like all these offshoot branches mm-hmm. that are
4: dry. Right. So was,
5: I wanted somebody to come to come and do it for me. They are coming today, but I wanted to know how much how much can I do without hurting and killing my plants in the spring. I do get a, I want it to kind of be shorter and fuller, if you know what I mean. Like that's what I want to get to. Right. Just not sure how much you should trim off today. Without killing it, like, okay.
2: It's, it would be hard, it's hard to kill a lilac. They're very vigorous plants, and they get old as you recognize. Mm-hmm. So you've got mm-hmm. big, solid trunks at the bottom, lots of beautiful leaves and blooms way up higher than you can ever sniff, and yeah. uh, and a lot of nudity down at the bottom. Yeah. So main, doing like topping the plant will encourage some growth from the bottom, which will make it a greener, bushier plant. However, pruning it now means you will have no flowers at all next spring. Oh, really? Yeah, because the flower oh, like buds are there now. With our early spring-blooming plants, it's funny, again, this happens a lot, actually. Uh, I was just teaching my students this yesterday, when to prune flowering shrubs. So when you've got the spring-blooming flowering shrubs of any kind, whether it's a lilac or a forsythia, rhododendrons, any of these early bloomers, the the flower buds are set now so you trim them now, you say goodbye to next spring's flowers. Best thing to do if you can is wait until after they flower next spring, then do the pruning you want to do and you can prune up to 25% off of the plants. Or or just say, okay, yep. here's this is the year since you've got the the person coming, this year we will not have blooms. We are choosing to not have blooms. They're going to be all virtually cut away. Uh the following year we should mm-hmm. have lots. So this okay, Yeah, cuz I thought I always
5: thought it was a fall. But in the if I, cause I in the I might have to go that route and then forego for one year, but when I'm doing it, and you said twenty five percent is it like at the bottom those just cut the main stalks or just cut those little
2: don't cut uh, the little stuff off the little stuff is the new growth coming from the base, and that's going to okay. provide you with some green and fill in that bottom portion okay. of the the naked okay. stems in a perfect world because lilacs live for absolutely ever um those big honkers the mm-hmm. really big uh, branches that are coming right from the the base of the plant over the years should have been removed back probably 10 years ago through a process of sort of annual rejuvenation. So at this point, you would only have young growth coming from the base and all the old stuff would have been removed. It is Mm -hmm. highly stressful on the plant to take out a really big branch now. So what we end up doing, if we haven't pruned them consistently, is we basically give them a haircut now. So we bring them down. You said it's about two feet above the fence. So bringing those plants down. Maybe
5: more, actually. I'm looking at it right now and it looks way more. And I have tried to prune it, but I think it kept getting higher and I couldn't reach it and I thought I should
2: probably Yeah, so yeah. if it's 9 or 10 feet tall now and you want to bring it down to 5 or 6 feet tall, yeah. that's what you end up doing on a day like today. You bring take that, that top off it will be a bushier plant as a result but as I point out, they'll be un- right, unlikely but At
5: least they'll bring it down. I mean, well, I'll do that then because they're coming and the weather seems to be cooperating but I didn't but, realize that. So you could do it after they bloom when they have the leaves and stuff for well, next year. Well, that's what I was going to say.
2: What I would do, if you are doing that kind of a dramatic prune today, which uh-huh. is fine, next spring the leaves will come out, maybe one or two flowers will come out, watch the neighborhood, see when the lilacs are finished blooming, and then you sh- should be able to reach in there and do some pruning next spring after uh-huh. the lilacs have broom, bloomed, and then you leave them alone till the, and you start an annual pruning that you can hopefully do yourself that will happen after they've bloomed. So that might okay. be May, it might be June, depends on the season, but it's an annual thing every single year right after they bloom. Not only take off the dead blooms, but bring the plants down to a reasonable height, recognizing they're going to grow another two or three feet over the season. Okay. 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 That's thank good you to know. All right. Thank you for that. Thanks for calling. All right,
1: Mashma. And you know, as we say goodbye to Mashma, I glanced up at our monitor here and good Lord, there's not a call on board right now. Oh my goodness. And that's, that's So when Unusual.
2: Everybody's jumped in their cars to come yeah, and have some cider, I think. That's
1: exactly <laughs> it. Okay, so let's give those phone numbers again with a reminder. I forgot to give a little mantra. Call early, call often one question per call. I in think everybody Toronto. knows that. Yeah, uh, most likely. <laughs> yeah. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free, one 866 4740. So, give us a call and say hi to Charlie. And Charlie, yes, you were going to mention something there?
2: Well, I was going to tell you, all right, we had a call last week from Tom in Picton, and he was wondering about a bunch of insects that were entering his home, and oh, it was yeah, yeah. making him quite uncomfortable. So, one of our listeners sent to me an email, which is great. This, the listener's um, handle is Autos 2 and the, the email says, to get rid of ladybugs, I use duct tape stick them to the sticky side so them being the insects i guess he sneaks up on the insects with the duct tape just clever gently grabs them with the duct tape folds the tape over and squishes (laughs) no smell and then dispose fast and easy Wow,
1: that's yeah. pretty darn so, cool. So
2: duct tape bandages, you walk around the yeah. house, ch- 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 picking up all the insects, and then squish them, and off they go. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. You suggestion. For that. <laughs> yeah. Good, anybody who's have, now with, well, you never know. Actually, with the sunshine, that those insects can still <clears> show at this time of year. Yeah. they are looking for a place to hunker down for the winter.
1: Excellent. Okay, I see the calls are coming in fast and furious. So we will get back to our callers in moments here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio.
4: Daffodils and daisies,
6: bluebells and begonias, for Scythia and foxclubs, marigolds, magnolia,
2: lavender and lupins,
5: dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet
0: Williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, it's Proctor pottering along to Pickering to say
1: hi to Patty. Good golly. Could you come up with another P? Probably. Uh, Hello there, Patty. Good morning.
6: Good morning, Frank and um... Charlie. Good morning. Charlie. Um... You took me off guard. I didn't think I'd be getting through so fast, but that's nice. Uh, yeah. I would like to ask about. I brought in my mandevils, mm-hmm. and I have them in a pot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of cut back on watering them. I would like to know if I cut them back really, really far, mm-hmm. can I put them down in my root cellar in the basement and keep them there all winter?
2: Yep, yeah, you could. Um, no guarantees it will work, but good chance it will work. Mandevilla can. There's sort of two ways to overwinter. One is dormant, alive but dormant. So people will often use a cool basement. Um, it could be a, a root cellar with no light, or it could be a room with some light. Mm-hmm. If it's completely dark. Uh, you just, yeah, it's a bit of a fine line going. Is it like lots of green on the plants right now? They're, they're,
6: blossom still,
2: actively growing. Yeah. So I would, I would do that process a little, I wouldn't do that radically. I do it a little bit slowly. Yeah. So do you cut back on your watering. Um, they are in a sunny location in your house right now.
6: Uh, yes, they're in a west window.
2: And you don't, you, cause you could keep them there all winter in that west window. Uh-huh. Uh, cut back as required when they lose leaves or if they start to get really long and leggy, feel free to cut back. And then you would do a hard pruning in March, like a prune mm-hmm. them back quite quite dramatically in March when the days are getting longer, keeping it in that west window, turning them, you know, 90, 180 degrees every week or so, mm-hmm. adding water as necessary. And so that's more of a almost a semi-dormant state mm-hmm. versus <laughs> a completely dormant state, which would be down in the root cellar. But so like I say, it's doable. That- Using them in the west window is better? Well, I think for my purposes, it's easier to tell that the plant is alive. Because you can see, you can tell when to water, you can see what's going on in terms of green growth or new buds or any, any kind of um, sort of activity from the plant. Mm-hmm. Once you put it into actual dormancy, you rem- cut it all back, no water, in the dark, bye-bye for a few months, it, it can work perfectly, and, but you don't know. Right. Yeah. It could be completely alive and just waiting in a in a state of, of you know, sort of um, hanging there waiting for the right conditions. And of course those right conditions in March would be hauling it out of the root cellar, into that western window, watering and waiting for some new growth.
6: Okay. Well, I think I'll take your advice and keep it in the west window.
2: All right. It could be pretty. They will bloom through the winter if they're you know getting enough light.
6: Yes. Sir. Yes, they are. Now it's near a heater so do I need to move it back from the heater? Uh
2: what I would is that it's one of the uh, ducts that blows
6: Uh no it's a, an electric baseboard heater our house is um heated with electric baseboard heaters.
2: Right so you have to do whatever you can to keep it away from that dry heat. Okay. Okay so as much light as possible and even consider um what's called a um deflector well, the deflectors don't the, work on the heaters. But putting a tray beneath the plants with yeah. some gravel or pebbles in the tray, like a oh, cookie sheet kind of here. tray, yeah. with water yeah. always in the tray and the pots sitting up on the gravel can be a way to provide some extra humidity around the plants.
6: Okay. and That's,
2: you, you, that's a very good idea yeah. when you're in such dry heat.
1: Yes.
2: Or for anybody, right. actually. Well,
6: thank you very much. You've... I will do that. Excellent. All
1: right, Patty. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's a a beautiful morning, whether you're in Pickering, Barry, or, oh, speaking of Barry, Ah. we have a first time caller online. Just a second here. Frankie reaches for the bell. So for Dorothea in Barry. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Dorothea.
3: Good morning. And how are you today?
2: Just great. Thanks.
3: Morning. Morning, Charlie. How are you?
2: Excellent. What's going on?
3: Um, I have a Christmas cactus that's about a foot and a half wide. Mm-hmm. It's an old one. Mm-hmm. And it does not bloom at Christmas time. It blooms in July.
2: Oh, funny, yeah.
3: And I was wondering if I'm doing something wrong. I have two babies off it, too, and the babies also bloom in July.
2: Is it possible that it's not actually a Christmas cactus that you have, but it's an Easter cactus? Because there are two different kinds that look very similar, but they are they do bloom at different times.
3: Oh, well, I got it from my friend when he died, like his family gave it to me, but um, it always bloomed for him at Christmas, and it looks like a Christmas cactus. (laughs) Oh,
2: there you go. Yeah, they're similar looking, but different. Uh, Okay, so, why is it blooming in July and not Christmas? What, so you keep it inside, does it go outside in the summer at all? No. Okay, and it's in a sunny location inside your house?
3: Yes, it's in front of my patio
2: door. And it stays there year round. Yeah. And you turn it ninety or hundred and eighty degrees every week or so. Yes. Do you fertilize at all? Uh yes, I do every month. Okay, through the entire year. Yes. Okay. So so the way it works is I mean, one of the things that makes Christmas cactus set its blooms, two things do. One is temperature. So cooler temperatures, and this is where I, I love taking my Christmas cactus outside for the summer, and then you just leave them outside till it's cold. They can even take some frost. And once they've had that cold, and it's also the dark, because of course the days are getting much clearly darker and, you know, yeah. shorter, et cetera. And what will happen, of course, is that a bunch of buds set. Because those days are shorter and the temperatures are cooler. So there you are with a a Christmas cactus covered in buds and it's November. You want to bring it in because it's getting so cold. So you bring it in and all those buds burst open and they bloom before Christmas. But nevertheless, it's closer to the Christmas season than July. So what's going on in July that's making that happen that is similar is hard to say unless the plant is just responding to water amounts. Um, Yeah, it's not not cool enough or or dark Mm. enough to produce buds in July. So it's interesting. So it is responding to some environmental stimulus, whether it's the fertilizer. What we do is, again, we feed while plants are actively growing, when they're flowering, etc. When Christmas cactus finishes flowering, Hold back on water and definitely stop fertilizing. Oh, okay. Always give the that. plant a break after it's, for, after it's flowered. Two okay. to three months, no fertilizer. And be careful underwater through that process. Okay. Okay, oh, that Dora- Dorothea, change it up. B- yes.
1: Before you go away, you're calling from Barry. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you are familiar with the Italian bakery there.
2: It's called the Italian it's, Bakery? Oh, called
1: yeah. the Italian Bakery. And I learned of it and have been up there several times now to say hi to the owner, Rocco. And uh, Shirley and I went there yesterday. You've got to go there. It is absolutely incredible bakery. Oh, Where is it? Bakery, I, I believe bakery. on Ann Street, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But oh, you really?
3: Just, My brother lives on Ann. I should um, well, ask him. He probably knows about the bakery. Yeah.
1: And, and, and it's called Pete, the
3: Italian Bakery? That's
1: exactly right. And it is worth a trip. I swear to Pete, it, it really is. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not far from it. About, about 10 minutes. Oh, golly. Drop by. Say hello to Rocco. Find out the owner. Tell him that Frankie Proctor told you to go up there, okay?
2: <laughs> oh, and not just I that, will. but thousands of people who are listening to the yeah. show. <laughs> no, that's right.
3: <laughs> thank you so much. I love much. your show. I, I listen to it. I mean, I, I listen to it every Saturday. I make sure I have it on. Excellent. Oh, thank You've got you. good
1: taste. Okay. You do. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dorothea.
2: Uh, Okay. Uh, Oh, Fuda Italian Bakery. Does that sound right?
1: It's just the Italian Bakery. Uh, Yeah.
2: This is Barry Wellington. Two hundred Wellington
1: Wellington Street. That's right. Okay. Two
2: hundred Wellington Street. Yeah. West
1: in, yeah. in Barrie.
2: F U D A, Fuda Italian Bakery. Boy, I tell you. You said those cookies aren't oh. to die for. Oh my gosh. I like the way you talk about stuff, but you never bring it in. <laughs> 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 talk about well, all the great oh things.
1: Dear. Oh dear. <laughs> well, you know what we're going to talk about in just <laughs> a moment here? As uh, a matter of fact, a little glass that I'm holding, we poured it out. I, I've, I've cut back on uh, drinking. I know. Stuff
2: I, I'm I'm losing my uh, <laughs> words. <laughs> Thank you, Siva.
1: <laughs> I, I, I renamed it Siva's Kickaboo Joy Juice. Anyway, Siva is on the line with us right now.
2: Hi, Siva. <laughs> Hello, guys. Good morning. How are you? Thank you for this early morning libations. (laughs) Okay,
6: I'm glad you like it because I had never drank it before, but Mm. I saw all these apples in my neighborhood. I don't know the species, Mm. but I just gathered them, put them in my juicer, Oh, and I just went to work on it. Then I put them in a five-gallon carboy Uh and add a pack of yeast. Mm-hmm. and that was it no chemicals to clarify or sulfide. Wow. so it's pure
1: wow. it certainly is it tastes great it's purely delightful <laughs> <laughs> thank you okay what's on your mind this morning
6: okay i i i am ahead of myself but i'm thinking about my zucchini last year this year i planted four and i got nothing the bore just ate the vine um, and i i i want to be successful with that cuz i love zucchini yeah
2: Anything I can do? Well, there when that insect is floating through your neighborhood and looking for squash vines and zucchini vines to lay its eggs on and have a grand old time Mm -hmm. annihilating your plants, Mm -hmm. the only thing you can do is use, or one of the best things you can do, is using what's called a floating row cover. Okay. So a floating row cover is a lot like a big piece of cheesecloth mm-hmm. So okay. And it goes over the plants They're young plants at this point It's early in the season They're in the ground They're starting to grow And uh, the floating row cover goes over the plants You can use little hoops to keep the... the Sort of, okay. it's a very fine netting up off the plants, but it, it's a very light netting. It can sit right on the plants. You got to make sure your little edges are uh, sealed with some rocks or boards or some soil. So they're just sitting there and um, you've got, there's a time frame in which you would need to keep those plants covered, okay. but you can't keep them covered all summer. Otherwise, the flowers will form and no pollination will take place because okay. you need insects to do the pollination. So sure. what we'll do is we will talk about this next spring when we see what kind of a spring we're having because it's got a lot to do with the temperatures outside when the boars are active and when we need to protect from them and then there's their life cycle that we work Mm -hmm. around okay all right
6: i I will check in with you next time because Uh, i know i'm ahead of
2: my time uh, (laughs) It's okay though it's but you in the meantime you can do some research on floating Mm -hmm. row covers and um squash or zucchini boars Okay. All right. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very Thanks much, Thanks again. Siva. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Wonderful cider. cider. Might wow. want to consider that as a side job. And there you go. Uh, she's quite the gardener, though. Eva sent us some great pictures of what she's got going on. Absolutely. Okay. We have to
1: take a little bit of a break here, but uh, I'll remind folks about the phone numbers to call to have a chat with you, Charlie, in Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Anywhere else in the province, it is 740 And we shall return on this gorgeous Saturday, but a little chilly, a morning with uh, beautiful blue skies out there. It's The Garden Show on the air from Zuma
0: Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we've had a busy morning thus far, huh?
2: We are. I'm mm-hmm. all over the map here. You certainly I'm just, have. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm say just sat and there and listen to all
1: the advice. It's Siva's fault if I'm all messed <laughs> up and, and giving completely wrong advice. Well, Diane and <laughs> Ajax, good morning and welcome to the show.
7: Oh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Good morning. Good morning. So last uh, spring I ha- got a beautiful hibiscus plant. Mm-hmm. In a pot, and it bloomed wonderfully all summer. I brought it in this fall, and the leaves just started dropping, and the last leaf fell this week a few days ago. I can tell it's still alive Mm -hmm. because the stems have green in them, but is there anything I can do to rescue this
2: plant? Sure. Where have you got it located right now?
7: In a western window.
2: Okay, and is it a tree-form hibiscus or like a little bush?
7: I think it's supposed to be a, a tree. One, the, the stalks are, are wood.
2: Okay, so it's got. Does it have one single stem and then a bunch of little stems up at the top? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So here's what I would do. You've got in a western window. Be very careful on your watering right now because with no leaves on the plant, it's very easy to overwater. Okay. Okay, so remember you watered a lot in the summer when it was outside, it had lots of leaves, it was using a lot of water. Right now it's not using nearly as much water and the dropping of the leaves is very very common. The leaves that were there were leaves that grew that were attuned to the outside and the amount of light those leaves were receiving in order to really optimally photosynthesize. Now that you've brought it in, the light levels have dropped dramatically. And the plant responds by saying, well, these leaves are pretty useless. They really are just not physiologically designed to use the light that's available. So we're dropping these leaves. We're going to grow new leaves. And the new leaves that we grow are going to be optimally designed for this location. Oh. Right. So that's why, in that process of those new leaves growing, you just want to be careful that you don't overwater. So
7: but, water, let's say once a month.
2: Well, is it quite a large pot that
7: the plant's in? Yeah, I had to. It it grew so much, I potted it up into a way bigger
2: pot. Yeah, yeah. So when we do that, the plant also responds by saying, "Wow, look at all this room!" and it starts putting a whole bunch of roots out. So right now, a lot of energy will be going into root growth. If it was a fairly recent transplanting, but what you can do is get out your pruners. Well, two things: one is get a moisture meter, or or figure out some way to recognize what's the moisture level down like six inches down into that pot, not just on the surface, but down deeper. Some, okay. Sometimes we can do that by the weight of the pot, sometimes a moisture yeah, meter I, I do have helps. a meter. Yeah, so that just helps. So You do want to water thoroughly when you water, uh, but you don't want to keep the plant constantly wet. So you want it to get to the dry side between waterings. But today, beautiful sunny day, get out your nice sharp pruners, prune that plant back, whether it's two inches on every tip or three inches on every tip, but bottom line is prune back to a bud, and you'll know where the buds are because there's little bumps on the stems, and each of those little branches you're going to prune back to a bump, preferably a bump that's going to grow to the outside of the plant, so you're not going to get a lot of growth inside, growing to the inside, causing all kinds of um, sort of mess of branches crisscrossing each other, you want your growth to the outside Outside. So just look at each branch, do whatever mm-hmm. cutting back makes sense. That will really promote those buds growing and new leaves uh, coming out.
7: Okay, I will do that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, would I be able to squeeze in one quick setup
2: question? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I better not. We got no, a full we're, list we're, here. But do got, call back. Yeah. Call you, back. You've got time.
1: Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thanks and, and the callback number good is question. 416-360-0740 or one 740 Now, let's uh, bop along to Burlington. There's Yvonne. Good morning, Yvonne.
4: Hi there. Hi. Good morning. No. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good. Excellent. I um, just want to ask you about chrysanthemums. Mm-hmm. I've, I've brought a lot of plants into over winter. I've got only so many grow lights, hmm. and um, I can only handle so many plants. Yeah. But the chrysanthemum did so beautiful, I couldn't let it die out there. And I did this once before, and I can't remember how to do it. You take the chrysanthemum out of the the soil, and you shake out the dirt or something, and you Mm -hmm. put it in paper bags and overwinter it in a paper bag.
2: Are you thinking of geranium, perhaps? Because that's a very common overwintering for geranium. No, this was chrysanthemum. You did it with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, something it to, con- yeah, it can work. So something to consider with chrysanthemum. They are perennial plants. Yes. So this, you probably purchased it this past fall and it was beautiful. You could have dug it down. You still probably can because your ground is not frozen yet.
4: No, no, no. It's in a pot. It's in a
2: pot. No, I understand what I'm saying. It, do you have like a ground? Are you on a balcony or do you have a garden in the garden. ground?
4: It's, but it's in a pot it was bought in a pot in the spring
2: No, I, okay so I'm just saying you can leave it in the pot and bury the pot outside and, oh. and let it over winter outside and it will grow and be green next spring you could oh. also take it out of the pot and give it a permanent location in the garden by planting it now if you want to try and overwinter it, and, and yeah, it's doable, it's exactly what you said. You are going to dry it down. Uh, you're going to cut it back. You're going to get it out of the, the pot. You're going to shake off or you know, with your, tease the roots out, remove yeah. the soil. <clears throat> now, the paper bag idea is to help to keep some moisture in, but not too much moisture. Right. But the other thing you need is a cool, dark location for that bag. Mm-hmm. So most of us have finished basements. Basement. Yeah, so mm. that's the challenge. I mean, back in the day when basements were unfinished, they were dark. They had you know dirt floors. Dirt floors. It's yeah. perfect for overwintering. Obviously, Not so much now. The onions, no. the potatoes, all that yeah. stayed in the basement quite beautifully, as yeah. did geraniums and, and mums, etc. So it's a bit challenging to do that unless you've got that cool, dark location.
4: But it did work in the warm basement. It's the same basement, it did work. Mm. But I just last year, I just kept the one plant. Under grow lights and kept it going all year and mm-hmm. put it back outside. But then the squirrels ate it. <laughs> they had, for some Damn. reason, they like the uh-huh. the succulent uh, stem.
2: Yeah. Right.
4: So, but so uh, maybe I'll just let it stay under the grow
2: lights then. Yeah, if you've got room, it's like I said to our, our caller who was calling about Mandevilla, it's always easier to keep the plant actively yeah. growing, or at least yeah. with leaves on then you can see what's going on. You may want to prune, but I'm sure it's done flowering, or feel free to prune these things back, make them a little smaller in terms of the overwintering yeah, process. Right. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, even just a gentle pruning now, but a harder pruning in the late winter.
4: In the late winter. Yeah, because okay. you're going to want do about the squirrels. <laughs> I've never seen them eat, they're eating all my outdoor plants this year.
2: Oh, was uh, this this past yeah. spring? Hmm. Yeah,
4: they got really hungry. Oh, it was, anyway,
2: it was okay. a. It's a, probably that just that it was such a cold, wet spring. They mm. were looking for anything green yeah. after that long yeah. winter. There is a, a product that I do recommend. It's you know well recommended as a completely organic spray called Plant Skid. So Plant S. K Y D D, and it's available at Sheridans. It's, I believe, it's even available at Canadian Tire, places like that. And it's a spray, so oh, when yeah. you go out in the spring with some of these plants, consider oh. using this spray just as a repellent to the squirrels, the groundhogs, oh. any of those. Well,
4: that would be good because yeah. even the rabbits are eating some houseplants.
2: Oh well, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. quite
4: healthy little critters around here.
2: Well, that's right, and it's it's very much um, designed to repel all mammals. So and any of those, exactly, rabbits, groundhogs, any of them, it, it will do a very natural. good job. Don't hurt them all. Not at all.
1: Well, good oh, luck with you. that, uh, Yvonne. Well, thank
4: you so much. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling
1: in. And we have to take another little break here as we approach the latter part of our I show. I have to
2: take another little sip here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
4: that's
1: right. Uh, and we'll be back with a first-time caller from Gravenhurst, Sharon by name, who's waiting patiently on the line, uh, to her in moments.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zuma Radio. <laughs> well, here we are uh, on the garden
1: show. We were just talking about
2: football, just so
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and I said that... Uh, <laughs> Great cup. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge, huge football because in high school, uh, whenever they got to a huddle, I thought they were talking about me, you know, so a little scare stuff like that. Anyway, uh, Sharon <laughs> in Gravenhurst. Good there morning. You go. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning,
2: gentlemen. And what's going on in your garden?
6: Well, uh, a friend just gave me a small Norfolk, Norfolk pine in a pot yes. and I'm just wondering the best way to uh treat it or not treat it.
2: Small, so how small? About a foot high. Foot oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice and green right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. And it's often used as a tropical or indoor ornamental Christmas seasonal kind of a tree. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make some little tiny, tiny ornaments, very lightweight, maybe some, uh, you know, paper ornaments, it's kind of pretty to decorate up. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, though, bright spot in your home. So you need it near a window. It doesn't need to be in the window because it does not want the cold that's coming off the glass. Mm-hmm. So avoid a window ledge, but certainly within a couple of feet of... Um, north or east and within five to ten feet of south or west windows, so bright, Mm -hmm. Remember, you do have to turn that plant because it will grow towards the light. You want to keep it nice and symmetrical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is a plant that does not like the dry, low, low humidity that we end up with in our homes in the winter. Mm -hmm. With our furnaces and our wood stoves and all that drying out the air, that plant does not respond well. So get yourself a mister, a spritzer. Get into the habit of misting it, spritzing it at least once a day or more. Keep Do whatever you can to keep the humidity high around it. Do you have a humidifier in your home?
6: Uh, I do. I haven't got it going yet, but uh, I will shortly.
2: Yeah, so once you've got that furnace cranking along, get that humidifier going. And I did, I mentioned the idea of the pebble tray to an earlier caller. So that's just a, it could be a, you know, a, a takeout Plastic tray, whatever kind of a a low tray pot sits on top of gravel in the tray and there's water kept always around the gravel. So that there's always water evaporating around the plant and you'll find that will make a difference as well. But no fertilizer until we get into some longer days. So starting February, March, yes, indeed, uh, a nice well-balanced fertilizer. And they're lovely plants. You can keep them alive for years and years if you can just give them what they want.
6: Okay, now could I put it outside in the summer? Yeah,
2: for sure gently. Okay. You don't just take it straight out into the sun. It's no. a hardening-off process, so into the shade to start, in and out uh, over the period of days warming up. Once we're frost-free, you can get it out and keep it Yeah, keep it outside all summer. Love it. Absolutely okay. loves our humidity in the summer. Okay, great. Right. I was trying
6: to get something that had some smell to it, but I think they've taken the scent out of Christmas boughs and trees. I can't get anything that, uh-huh. once I bring it inside, that it still smells nice anymore.
2: Yeah, it doesn't last long, I find. Unless you, yeah. I mean, the thing is, with the boughs, even a, a real tree. The, I always find the tree smells great when you first bring it in, but within mm. a couple days, not so much. But if you keep the water, remember it's all about keeping that moisture inside the plant, okay. then theoretically you should get more aroma coming off the plant. Okay, great.
4: Okay. Thanks, Sharon. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks Alrighty. for
2: calling.
1: Uh, don't be a stranger. Call back when you can, huh? Uh, Werner, <laughs> our old friend Werner from Tilsonburg on the line. Good morning, Werner.
7: Good morning.
2: Good morning.
7: Frank and Charlie? Yes, sir. We were talking about the zucchini before. Yes. And uh, I've had the problem that they come a little flower, then they fall off instead of becoming a fruit. Uh, I realized they had to be pollinized. I used a Q-tip or a small paintbrush to yes. go from one flower to the other. Yes,
2: you were being the little bee.
7: Yes. And you you get close. It works on cucumbers, too.
2: Yes, it does. Huh?
7: And you get your ears down, you hear them giggling.
2: <laughs> you tickle them. Are
7: you... Are you guys thinking this apple juice is fermented? Yeah, yes,
2: it it's is. It's not apple juice. It's, it's actually it's cider. It's cider. It's got it's a be kick. Be
1: careful. <laughs> Somebody might ask you to blow. <laughs> oh yeah! Thank God we're walking across the street. Well, that's
2: right. Point. And you're right because yeah. they ride programs are starting oh, again. Absolutely, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, but you're right about um, sometimes. So remember how it works with all the squashes, the zucchinis, the pumpkins. Yeah. Different flowers, male flowers, female flowers, early in the day at sunrise, they open up and you've got to have that pollination opportunity, Mm -hmm. whether it's you with your little paintbrush out there listening to the giggles or it's little insects going back and forth cause, you know, doing that pollinating. Right.
1: Good, good good for you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey. You have a good one, okay? Thanks for calling, Werner. Take it easy.
1: All right. Take care of Tilsonburg for us. Meantime, (laughs) do you know I'm going to give her a ring here because, bless her heart, Diane called back from Ajax. This is her second call in. Excellent. Good morning. Hey, (laughs) welcome back again, (laughs) Diane.
7: Good morning. Me again.
1: Good.
7: Cool. uh, Last Christmas, I bought two Mm poinsettias. One died, as usual. I threw it out, but the other one thrived it, it grew and grew it got very leggy I cut it back a couple of times Good. Now I have a really beautiful compact uh round poinsettia plant so cool. I'm but it's green I want to make it red again so um correct me if I'm wrong but I started I read somewhere that it has to get two hours of sunlight a day so I put a box over it and I just started doing this yesterday
2: okay So So it's not two hours, it's actually 12 hours. What it needs is it needs 12 hours of pure dark and 12 hours of pure light. Oh, okay. For up to 12 weeks. So that pure dark, that box you're putting over it, like usually what people will do is they'll kind of, you know, f- as the sun's going down four thirty five o'clock, stick the plant in the cupboard or s- put the box over the plant, but it's gotta be p- no cracks or crannies in that box. It's gotta be like, if there's any little cracks. cracks, put some duct tape over top of any cracks or crannies, put that um, box over top and then just take it off in the morning. So you'll just have that box over all night. Of course, people come over mm-hmm. to visit. They're going to wonder what's under the box, <laughs> but but it's, it will you, 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 They will turn red. The leaves will turn red. Okay. How long does that take? It's going to take up to 12 weeks, but the process will, you'll start seeing a difference within about eight weeks. Oh, okay. So I started this way too late. That's okay. It'll still look good for Christmas and then it'll look even better after Christmas.
7: Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> thank you
1: so much. All Good right. You're there. very
2: welcome. Thank, thank you thank for joining Thank you for calling. And second twice. time around, yeah. There yeah. you go. Listen to the mantra. Well, call early, call often.
1: Interesting stuff this morning, as usual.
2: As usual. Lots about um, the seasonal stuff, seasonal uh-huh. flowers. Poinsettia questions, yeah. Christmas cactus. And you, of course, are... On the air later today. Yes. Matter
1: of fact, uh, just a little hint to folks: if you're looking for a marvelous Christmas gift, Mike Filey is going to be uh, on the show about quarter to three thereabouts, mm-hmm. talking about the new book that he's got out called "Spirit of Place: Toronto." Two hundred and twenty-four pages of this coffee table book oh. that's marvelous. Photographs you wouldn't believe. Wow, unbelievable. He took them- and yeah, I'll tell you the price and but. It would be a marvelous gift for anybody who currently lives in Toronto or has lived in Toronto. It's
2: It's a marvelous book. Good idea. Thanks, Frank. And thanks again, Frank and Duncan. All our great callers. See you again next week. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin is brought
1: to
0: you by Stokes Seeds. Select from the finest quality vegetable and flower seed at StokesSeeds.com and get growing with Stokes. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.